0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the River Heights Buzz podcast. This is episode 85. We're your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. And I think we're both excited when I say that we're finally into season four of the show. I know. It's been a long time coming. I mean,
1: (laughs) when did we even find out about season four? Was it last year?
0: Yeah, easily. Yeah. And And it's been over a year. In a few months since the season three finale.
1: Yeah. And it's already June.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, today we're doing our season four episode one recap.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of bittersweet knowing that it's the final season. Um, But I'm convinced that uh, they're going to go out with a bang. And, I mean, we're off to the races
0: with this first episode. So, and you are stuck with us, everyone, till the end of August with all these recaps. Yep. So, so we I did find the episodes three and four descriptions. Okay. So I'll start with those. Okay. For episode three, it's titled The Danger of the Hopeful Seagull? Seagull? I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Uh, Nancy and Ace share a sweet moment while working together to find a way to break the curse. Meanwhile, Carson and Jean continue growing closer, but a recent conversation leaves him with an unsettled feeling. Lastly, Jesse and Bertie devise a plan to teach the school bully a lesson. Like, this sounds so random, this yeah. last part. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I know Jesse is George's sister, but who in the heck is Bertie? I guess someone in her class. I guess. I don't know. I don't remember that name. So, Doesn't sound familiar. No. Anywho, we'll get there when the episode comes. That's right. <laughs> and episode four is titled The Return of the Killer's Hook. Nancy runs into an old friend who is, who is in town directing a remake of a horror film called Long Hook where strange things are happening on set. George and Kick discover that They were both stood up for meetings by councilwoman. Hmm. Whoever Kick is.
1: Yeah, I don't know who that is
0: either. So I'm like, two new characters we've never heard of before. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) But that episode, episode four, filming a horror movie, I mean... You can guarantee that there's going to be jump scares. Uh huh. So I have to mentally prepare for that one.
0: And we're going to have a guest with that episode. I just remembered.
1: Yeah.
0: Not saying who it is. You just have to wait and see. Yeah. And some a new guest, not one that we've had before. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. okay let's get into it okay so
1: um we'll go ahead and just say spoiler alert in case anybody hasn't watched this episode um if you haven't watched it yet we're going to be talking scene by scene so pause this save it for later watch the episode if you're so inclined and then come back and listen to us so if you all will recall from the season three finale Uh, Nancy received uh, an anonymous tip while she was setting up her new business venture Nancy Drew Investigations to go to the cemetery and she gets there and there are a bunch of empty graves so that's where our scene starts.
0: I'm glad that it kicked off pretty much right after the season three finale because if it was such a like a longer gap. I feel like what, how, like what's the time frame in this, you know? Yeah. I think that was a smart move because now it, it really like flows concisively
1: and cohesively, you know? So, but yeah, so Nancy is in the middle of the cemetery. There are at least eight graves that are now empty. So of course she's kind of looking around, trying to figure out a what's going on, b who these people are and see if there's some kind of relation between all of them as to why they would be missing. And then we hear um, some whispering and Nancy's looking into one of the graves and jump scare, (laughs) I about fell off the couch. I jumped, Henry jumped. It was a lot because there is a skeleton and Nancy falls into the grave, which sounds horrible to me. Like that sounds like a nightmare. So she's trying to like claw her way out. And thankfully she wakes up and it was a dream. Mm -hmm. So kind of an interesting way to start. So she is actually um, at her little Nancy Drew Investigations office and Carson and Ryan come in. And I love that they're like bros now. Yeah. The relationship is so funny. They brought Nancy some breakfast and she's talking about how things are slow in the investigations business at the moment. And she has bills to pay. And I got so tickled at Ryan because he's like looking around at everything and he sees her like cork board that's up and says dope murder board. And I'm just like, he's trying to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) So Bess apparently had texted Ryan and told him to tell Nancy that she's late because she's supposed to be helping Bess with something. So she rushes out to the Historical Society because
0: if we recall, Bess is now working the Historical Society. And And Ryan, like reads like the whole message from Uh Bess and Carson gives him a look like, you dumb nut why did you say the whole thing yeah (laughs) yeah because Nancy by the sounds of it put Bess on like mute or like do not disturb and I'm like well if Bess is you know keeps going and going going on about this stuff I don't really blame Nancy for muting Bess in a way
1: I I, I get it because like there are some conversations that I have muted just because they're so active and, like, if I'm trying to do something during the day, I don't have time to go and read all those messages. I'll go back to it later. And Nancy has a lot going on. So, it, you know, it makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: So she rushes out to the Historical Society. And keeping up with the times, Bess is doing, like, a live stream. There's something called a, lo- a lover's vigil that's going to be happening that Bess is going to be putting on. Uh, and Nancy Drew Investigations is sponsoring it, sponsoring it by showing up because she doesn't have (laughs) any money. (laughs) And so the whole crew is appearing on the live stream, but it's like a hot mess express. Like there's no organization. It's very hodgepodge put together at the last minute, but you know, they're doing the best they can. So Bess and Nancy are talking about Ace. And then he shows up because Bess told him that Nancy would be gone. She kind (laughs) of set it up so that they would see each other. And I've, gotta give it to ace he immediately starts talking about his feelings and how he respects her choice but is sad that he lost a friend like that right there was so heartbreaking to me yeah so sad because you could tell like genuine sadness
0: yeah and it's like nancy pretty much ghosted him too and like she doesn't even want to talk to him because it's like all these obviously there's still feelings and stuff between them but it's like she doesn't want to like keep putting more fuel in the fire with that kind of thing, like yeah. more than she has to. Yeah. You know? So yeah.
1: yeah, it's a very tough situation because it's like we know you know the curse is there. And if she tells him about it and they try to fight against it, then it's gonna lead to his death. And she doesn't want to tell him about that to make him not only one stress and be nervous about it, but to fight against it more and potentially cause his death. So yeah. it, it stuck between a rock and a hard place, really is ghosting him the right answer? No, but it's like, if you're in that kind of situation, what would you do? Yeah. So they're having kind of a sweet moment and then all of a sudden the police barge in and arrest Ace for stealing the eight bodies because in the interim of where we left off with season three, he was um, working at the local
0: morgue. Yeah, he just got hired for to work there.
1: Yeah, so apparently working at the morgue means that you, of course, stole eight bodies. Don't know how they
0: got there, but okay. And then even too, when Nancy, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, Nancy and Nick go to Ace's backyard, where like the crime scene tape and stuff is, you can clearly tell that is not enough room in his backyard to have eight bodies buried. No. Like, that's not possible. No. You know, so... Very weird. Of course, Nancy shows
1: up at the police station, but the officers on duty won't let her in because her previous community liaison position is apparently under review because there's a new police chief in town. Bess and George tried calling Ace's parents, but they're on the Appalachian Trail. No cell service. Um, so, of course, Carson is on the way to try to help. Uh, the chief wants to see Nancy, and she acts like a big fangirl of Nancy's, and it's kind of awkward.
0: Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of this new
1: chief. No, she, there's there's something under the surface. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but it, it doesn't feel right, you know?
0: Uh, I just thought, you remember last season how temperance essentially... Turned Temperance was temperance, but then she went into Charity's body. What if this was another kind of situation like that where this new chief could be kind of like the eyes and the ears and for Nancy? Uh Uh-huh. And like that whole Charity temperance thing?
1: I didn't even think of that.
0: I I literally... Possibility, for sure. I literally just thought about that now. Yeah. No,
1: it's definitely a possibility. The vibe was just weird. Like, the way she was acting towards Nancy, the way she was talking... And it seemed way overdone and not genuine. Like, she's putting on an act for some reason. Yeah, it was very weird.
0: Like, don't, um... Don't trust I, it. No, I'm pretty sure that chiefs are supposed to be a lot more tough than that. Not just like, la-da-doo! Like, everything's cool. Give me your number. I'll text you. Let's go on, a, on like, a trip or something. Like, no. That's... No! Yeah. <laughs> and it's completely the opposite direction of not
1: allowing her in there to do her community liaison job because it's under review. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Nancy of course is kind of like uh whatever and argues with her to try to let Ace go but she won't release him. And then another uh police officer comes in with an evidence box but it's really small. Again, you're not going to fit 8 bodies in an evidence box that's like maybe a foot long if that.
0: Like if you would have 8 bodies, you would have 8 bodies the morgue on the slabs yeah like you wouldn't just have like this one box just with like a handful of evidence
1: yeah like that one person could
0: carry yeah and it just seemed like this cop was carrying it like it was there was no weight to it yeah so
1: so george is in the background trying to talk to the other officers using all these legal words and she's getting it wrong god bless her because if you all will recall from last season, the end of last season, she's starting to study law. Uh, and then Bess, of course, is just being Bess. And she just goes and knocks the lid off of the evidence box that the cop is carrying. And it's literally just part of an arm.
0: <laughs> and Bess is like, before she opens the box, she's like, oh, ice cream sandwiches. So <laughs> and lame. I, I, but she, I mean, you know. And then- she, you know, she opens the box and she's like, she has like this look on her face, like she's going to throw up and she's like, nope, that's not the ice cream sandwiches. And Bess sneakily takes a photo of the arm while, has- while Bess does that whole like distraction thing. Yep. And so then they just take off.
1: Yep. So it was awkward, but it was smooth at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> So, like you said, George takes a picture of the arm and they go back to the claw to try to figure out who the arm belongs to. Nancy then meets Nick to start investigating, and apparently, the arm was found by a neighbor of Ace's parents who had a dog that went into his parents' backyard and found the arm. Ace is house sitting for his parents and has been for a while because, like I said, they're on a trip. For an extended amount of time. So Nancy and Nick go to Ace's parents' house and see the police tape and a big hole in the backyard. And then they start hearing dogs barking. Mm -hmm. So the dog found the arm at around 10 p.m. And it's around that time again when they're out there together searching. Nancy saw that there were noise complaints about dogs barking every night around the same time. So, like on this app that they have, which, again, technology, you know, we're moving in the right direction with this show. So, they decide that um, they're going to follow the barking to see what the source is, what's making these dogs bark. When all of a sudden, a body comes up out of the ground that just so happens to be missing its arm.
0: That's not weird at all.
1: Yeah. Apparently, the bodies are somehow reanimating and coming out of the graves themselves.
0: (laughs) It's almost like I just thought of this as like the Michael Jackson music video for Thriller. Thriller, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Yeah, it's essentially
1: Thriller. (laughs) Yeah, and the makeup, I gotta say, awesome, as always.
0: Honestly, I wish that we could talk to some of these characters or like like the people that were like these almost essentially like zombies you know to see like I'm sure like the makeup and stuff took forever Mm -hmm. to get done just for like these small spurts of like scenes throughout the episode because like be interesting to talk to them like the makeup artists like anyone else involved just to see like what the process is like if Like with the, any extra pieces that they have to add on, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, like we've said before, this is a CW, so it's not a huge budget, but it's like, they work really well with what they have. Yeah. So, so scene changes and we are at the historical society with, uh, Bess and Ryan and Bess is like trying her best to run the historical society, but it's clearly a struggle, Um, She's trying to get everything ready for that lover's vigil that's going to happen. And then Shelby and Jonas are there to meet with Bess. And they're talking about storage for the relics and haunted objects. And they mentioned that they could move stuff on the black market. Makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to sell stuff for Bess. And um, Bess declines their offer because she has to go meet someone at the docks at 4 o'clock. Which obviously that sounds... Shade and serious, too.
0: I didn't think that the stuff at the Historical Society could be for sale. In a normal world, no. I didn't think so. So, like, why would they offer to get this stuff from Bess, sell it, and even go through the black market in the process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't even think Bess would have the... Uh, authority to make a decision like that because i feel like even though she's kind of she's like in charge of the historical society i feel like those items belong to the city of horseshoe bay yeah or like the the town government you know what i mean like it's not it's not her stuff
0: yeah she's just like it's almost like a it's almost like if she were to decide to go through and like sell the stuff she would probably have to go to like the right channels yeah like how do I go do this stuff? Can I even do this in the first place? Yeah. Like she just yeah. can't make that decision on her own.
1: No. So. no. Mm-mm. She rushes off and it's real awkward. Cause it's like, you could tell she didn't want to do any business with Shelby and Jonas. And totally, I, I get it because they seem super shady. Um, and so Ryan is there and it's kind of awkward and he's apologizing to them and they had his car and they give him his car back
0: why did they have this car in the first place?
1: I don't know. Some kind of deal fell through at the end of last season. And so they took it as like collateral or something. It was, it was strange, but I I had a really bad feeling about that. So scene changes and we're back at um, Nancy's office and the murder board. (laughs) And she's telling Bess and George about, corpses reanimating and kind of wondering if it's part of like some kind of ritual which is found in a lot of different cultures um so now they've got to find the bodies and get proof to the new police chief about them reanimating themselves um so nancy comes up with this theory she thinks that they bury themselves during the day and only come out at night
0: thriller
1: seriously (laughs) terrifying so, George did some research, and she found an article about the girl with the missing arm. She had personal issues, and she died on a boat back in 1998, and it hasn't been visited since then. So, Nancy decides that's the first place she needs to go to see if there's any clues there.
0: Wouldn't the boat uh, have been possessed by someone? In there's, that? A, there's absolutely
1: no way, because when boats are docked, you got to pay for that.
0: So who was paying for that all this time? I don't know. And you would think that after like, you think like 25 years, you know, 98 till 2023, like wouldn't have there been damage at all after all this time yes. in some way? Like yeah. it wouldn't have just been like all nifty new boat still. Like it's mm. been all such a long time. Like if it's not maintained properly.
1: No, like you can't keep boats like that in the water all the time because they'll, you know, rust and and whatever. Like they they have to be taken out of the water at some point.
0: And if the boat has been in the water all this time, you would think that there would have been holes in it and it would have sunk by now. Yeah. Like
1: (laughs) yeah. they're looking at the article and best recognizes the boat and says that it's docked in a private harbor. So we learn that Ace has been suspended from his job, obviously, at the morgue until this whole scenario is over and his name is cleared. So Nancy decides that she's going to go see that boat and she gets there and it's all covered in dust and like cobwebs and she sees a weird book that has like chunks cut out of it. It's very strange. And she takes it just as the security guard comes and she quickly gets away And she sees the guy from earlier who had dropped off seafood at the Claw. And um, she asks him if he can hide her on his lobster boat. And he does. His name is Tristan. And this is probably like the new love interest. That's what I'm thinking. Because he is pretty cute. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. So he hides her on the lobster boat just as the guard comes up and asks him if he had seen anything. And he says no. And the guard says that he wants to search the boat. And Tristan says absolutely not without a warrant. And I was like high fiving myself because I'm like, yes, gotta have a warrant. (laughs) The guard kind of just stalks off since he wasn't able to search the boat. And Nancy gets out of the boat and there was a lobster that was on her. (sighs) So she takes off. Kind of awkward, but, you know, it's not an episode of Nancy Drew without a whole bunch of scenarios of awkwardness. So scene changes. We're back at the Historical Society and Nancy is looking at the book that she took from the boat. And Bess and George are there and Ryan comes in and there are a lot of weird drawings in the book. And Ryan kind of sees it over her shoulder and, and shows Nancy a map of the old Horseshoe Bay from years ago. And Nancy realizes that what she's being shown is close to where um, Nancy found one of the bodies. And so she... It, it, oh, and
0: Ryan makes a mention of Lucy. Yeah. It was like, shout out to season one. <laughs> yeah, love that. And so Nancy comes up with this crazy idea
1: of what if the bodies are following some kind of pattern. So, Nancy tells Bess to look at the noise complaints and figure out a pattern and maybe they can find out where the bodies will be that night because apparently they're moving around. Scary. So, Bess and Ryan are going to get uh, go down to the docks to get the items from some dead medium's estate. That's where she was gonna go at four o'clock. Uh, Ryan told Bess that he'd help her try to keep the historical society going because, you know, clearly it's more than a one person job. She's in over her head and it's very clear that she's in over her head and she needs help. And they're just driving along, having normal conversation when the brakes start to go out in the car and they crash into a tree. And
0: it seems like the car is speeding up, too. Yeah. That's not weird at all. Yeah.
1: Thankfully, they're okay. Get out with like scrapes and bruises and bumps. No big deal. Mm -hmm. So they're looking underneath the hood and there's a talisman there. (laughs) So Ryan says that it's dangerous to be dealing with Shelby and Jonas and that Bess doesn't need to worry about it. It's too dangerous. He's going to handle it. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to come and bite him in the butt later on. But, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes out. Um, So the scene changes, and we're at this lover's vigil that Bess is putting on at the Historical Society. Uh, We find out that Ace got out on bail, which is good. Ryan doesn't want to tell Nancy about the crash, so he tells her that he and Bess had a flat while they were out driving. Bess's girlfriend comes up to her, and they kiss, because I guess it's been a while since they've seen each other. Uh, She gave Nancy the stuff that she had found out about the noise complaints, And uh, George is kind of going through her own thing. She's upset because something that she worked on for the judge wasn't right. And Nick came up and was talking to her about it. They had kind of a sweet, kind of a deep talk um, because she asks Nick why he sold the engagement ring that he gave to her. And he said that he needed the money to help protect the town and to seal the veil at the end of last season. And George tells Nick, to download a dating app
0: and because it seems like he's the most eligible bachelor in river heights apparently so but yeah they talk a little bit more about their
1: relationship and it seems like they're kind of maturing a bit and maybe they can get past this and have some kind of friendship maybe not quite what they had before but i mean it's better than not being in each other's lives and breaking up the crew you know
0: it's almost like similar stuff between george and nick and then nancy and ace trying mm-hmm. to like working their way through the relationship stuff but obviously yep. nancy and ace is a lot more dangerous than george and nick yeah now is it just me or does nick look like he has like a couple of scars on his face during the premiere versus last season
1: oh yeah huh i didn't even think about it but yeah <laughs> huh wonder what happened I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe. Um, so the police chief shows up to the vigil and is talking to Nancy and we learn a little bit about what this vigil actually is. So town legend says that on uh, this night lovers can reunite, so people will write their lover's name down and put it in a bottle and send it out to sea so that the souls can reunite. I'm just saying, I wish that I lived in a town that had half as many legends as Horseshoe Bay, because it sounds like a good time. It sounds scary, don't get me wrong, but it sounds intriguing at the same time.
0: It seems like a lot of the stuff in that kind of way, it happens Mm -hmm. a lot rather than it doesn't, Mm -hmm. so... So
1: we also find out that the police chief does not believe in ghost stories. And she says that they lead to trouble. Well, girl, you're in for a rude awakening in Horseshoe Bay. So Nancy goes to the back to get more bottles. And she ends up writing a name down and she puts it into a bottle herself. Of course, we all know whose name it is. Then party goers come in and Nancy tries to get them to leave. But Ace shows up. <laughs> Still my heart. Um, after being in jail, he didn't want to be alone because like I said earlier, his parents are still out on their trip and he is very manly and he gets all the people that had gone back there to leave. And Nancy apologizes to him for everything, which I feel like is a really big step in maturity for Nancy because as we've seen in prior seasons, she is much more, uh, one to bottle everything up, not talk about it, avoid it runaway kind of thing so um the bottle breaks in her hand as their heads were getting closer like they were going to kiss and so nancy goes to clean it up and scene kind of changes and we see carson sitting with george and he's like giving her a pep talk about law school saying you know george you've got potential Uh, I definitely think that you can do this. I'm here to help you if you'll accept my help. Uh, I don't think the judge would have given you this assignment if you weren't capable of figuring it out. That's kind of a sweet moment there between those two. Uh, Nancy was standing there and she finds the first map of Horseshoe Bay. And she's working with it with the missing bodies. And they're walking the paths they knew in their lifetime, apparently. They all meet at the founding spot of the town. The group goes to the clearing except for George. And they're all kind of just there. And suddenly all the bodies come out and like freeze in place, which was super scary. And so they slowly start walking up to the bodies. And then the police chief comes up because Nancy had texted her and she is Of course, freaked out and for good reason. And then all of a sudden they all move again and start throwing up some kind of dark colored liquid. And then they all fall apart on the ground.
0: It almost looked like oil or something.
1: Yeah, it was some kind of thick substance. Yeah. Very strange. Nancy then asks the (laughs) the chief to drop all the charges against Ace. You know, after seeing a bunch of freaking zombies come to life and fall apart in front of her. But, you know, Nancy, being the realist, you know, let's let's go ahead and drop these charges against Ace because clearly he has nothing to do with this. Uh Back to the historical society and they're cleaning up after the lover's vigil. Ryan is helping Nancy find out that she got an extension on her bills that she had mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, But she's still just really down. And she thought that exonerating Ace would fix things, but it didn't girl it's a little bit deeper than that but we'll figure it out um she's still lying to him about loving him brian tells her that it's okay to be confused and to not have it all figured out which is excellent advice for all of us
0: yeah and so i've like seen these different videos about like older people like 60s 70s 80s whatever and younger people are like oh what's it like to be this age and then the older person's like how would i know i've this the first time i'm being this age like you know, which is true. Like you can't just, just because someone's older, yes, they have knowledge and information about, you know, experiences and stuff, but it's true. Like it's their first time being whatever age it is. So they don't have all the answers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we're all just kind of, Like bumping into walls trying to figure it all out. Yeah. So, uh, Bess comes in and asks about the glasses in front of Nancy, and she spills the beans about what happened. And of course, Nancy is upset because she thought that they had just had a flat tire, but... Really, they were in a car accident and it could have been a lot more serious than it was. Ryan asks her to stay away from uh, Shelby and Jonas because they're dangerous. And she, of course, ignores that because she's Nancy. And she shows up at Shelby and Jonas's house
0: and Tristan answers the door. And Nancy's like, you live here? These guys are your parents? And then she leaves. Yeah, another awkward
1: scenario, but you know. It happens. Uh, So scene changes. Ace comes into the historical society and he sees the broken glass from the vigil with the note that Nancy wrote. And then we switch to Nancy looking through everything and it flashes back and forth to her working. And then the puke going like into the water reservoir. So gross. Uh, Then the electricity went out at Nancy's office. And then Ace shows up. And her note in the bottle, of course, said her name, said his name, because we all knew that was happening. There was no way it was going to be any other person's name. So he confronts her. And she simply says that they're cursed. And I was just like, oh, my God, she's mentioning this literally in the first episode.
0: But I guess it could be a good thing that she mentioned it, like, pretty quick. So then they can try to figure things out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess now we have 12 episodes to try to figure it out, but it's like, I just, I didn't think, I thought they would wait a couple episodes before just going ahead and, you know, filling the beans right away. But I mean, yeah, with the way that these curses have worked in the past, I feel like we're going to need all 12 of these episodes yeah. to get it figured out. That's where we're left. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there was not a preview for next week's episode which I thought was interesting. I noticed. So. Oh, man. Yeah, kind of weird. So that's that's really all we've got so far. But that was a lot to unpack, especially for uh, season premiere. So I'm hoping that the only way from here is up and that we'll get things figured out um, at some point and figure out uh, how exactly and why exactly these bodies are reanimating. What that all has to do with
0: anything, we're just gonna have to wait and see. We did get a couple of listener comments. Okay. Let's hero some listener comments. Let's hero some listener comments. Marie said love it, like the premiere. Mm-hmm. And then Liam said, I was surprised at first that Ace found out about the curse so early on. But then I realized this sort of thing has happened in the show before and in other CW shows. For example, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to this and wonder how it will affect the season.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting because I, I feel like I agree with him. Because I feel like the CW kind of follows the same scenario with all their supernatural shows they kind of follow the same routine which I mean clearly it works because they're getting viewership and enough to have multiple kinds of shows like this so they all kind of follow the same formula um so I guess it's really not super exciting that uh, we went ahead and and filled ace in on what was going on yeah so. oh well so. oh. we'll just have to continue to tune in each week and see what happens yep
0: all right, so you know what's happening next week, folks. Episode two recap. That's right. And you know what's coming out Friday, Candace? I don't know if I told you. No. We have an interview coming out. Oh, okay, cool. No, you didn't <laughs> and, tell me. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have a bunch of, like, interviews from the voice cast from the games, like, every couple weeks or so. And so this Friday... It'll be Danny Gendron. He voiced Jason Danforth from Midnight in Salem. Yep. yep. So that's coming out Friday. And yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Yep. All righty. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. (laughs)
1: you can find us on instagram at river heights buzz you can email us at river heights buzz at gmail.com you can join our facebook group the river heights buzz podcast central buzz and you can follow us on twitter at river heights buzz with just one z thank you so much for listening and make sure to keep an eye out for our next episode